Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about what women need. After hours of research on this subject, i got to be honest with you. I've come to realize something. I don't have a clue, so let's pray and go home, all right? <laughs> no, but seriously. Last week we talked to women about what men need, and now we're going to be switching it around, and we're going to be talking to men about what women need. Last week's message was based off a book entitled For Women Only by Shanti Feldhan. Today's message is based off of a book called For Men Only that is written by Jeff Feldhan, Shanti's wife. Jeff begins the book this way. Guys tend to think that women are random. We think, I pulled this lever last week and I got a certain reaction. But when I pulled that same lever this week, I got a totally different reaction. That's random, right? But the thousands of women polled said this. We aren't random. If you pull the lever and you get a different reaction, either you're pulling a different lever or you're pulling it in a different way. That quote reminds me of this graphic. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that crazy? Men have one lever, maybe two, right? Sex, football, maybe two. But women, sometimes it's just so hard figuring you out. But today, we're going to try. So pray for me, if you will. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, because that's what we're going to be centering on today to you guys. We looked at Ephesians last week when we talked to the ladies. But before we get to Ephesians 5.25, I want you to look again at Ephesians 5.21. It says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Before we can go any further, this verse is our ground rule. You have to put others' needs before your own. Just as we talked about last week, you've got to outserve other people. It's a downward spiral. So before we can get to 25, let's get 21 straight. we got to submit to one another, and Christ is our basis point. Look at Ephesians 5.25. Excuse me. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. God compares a husband's love for his wife for Christ's love for the church. Look at verse 28 and 29. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. The man has a responsibility to feed and care for his wife like he does his own body. That word feed has really nothing to do with food. It's about responding to basic needs. And the word care has nothing to do with how you feel, but with expressing value. The word care in the original language has the word cherish in mind. And it's used of how we are to treat young babies. We are to cherish them. It implies that we need to make a big deal about how wonderful she is. So what do women need? Jeff, after interviewing 3,000 women, writes this. And this is our big idea for today. Women need to feel valued. Women need to feel valued. That's important because the one thing that women need more than love is they need to feel like they're the most important person in their man's eyes. That's why a movie about a prostitute can be a favorite to so many women. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Pretty Woman. That's exactly right. Julia Roberts' character goes from being this common street hooker to someone who is wanted and pursued, to someone who is valued. Jeff writes this, The deal is never closed, guys. Think of the deals you've struck in your life. Your first car, your first job, 
your first house. You saw what you wanted, and you did what you had to do in order to get it. You came home with a done deal. That's exactly right. No deal, though, compares to winning a wife, though, he writes. Your wedding day was the day that you proved your love to the world and to her, but you thought the deal was closed. Not exactly. No, your wife isn't still looking for others, but in an unusual and powerful way that married men quite don't understand, your wife doesn't feel permanently loved once the marriage license has been signed. Most women have a latent insecurity about whether their man really loves them and whether their relationship is really okay. Do you ever wonder why this guy's, why she asked the question, do you love me, even though you've not done anything to indicate that you don't? Why she takes your need for space as an indication that you're upset with her. Why she wants to talk about your relationship with her, especially at those weird times that you least want to. Or why she is emotional and pushes you away, but is unhappy when you stay away. Every single one of those behaviors is related, and once we've clued in, we will see that they are warning lights signaling her need to hear that we really do love her. Listen to what Proverbs 18.22 says. A man's greatest treasure is his wife. She is a gift from the Lord. What women need more than love is to be valued, to be treasured. Men, do you treat your lives, wives like they are your most prized gift? You know, we're getting to the holiday season, and i got to be honest with you, I love Christmas. I love getting gifts. Is your wife better than anything you would get under the tree? Do you treasure her more than the stuff that you want? Do you daydream about her more than getting your new power tool this Christmas? Your greatest treasure is a godly wife. Let's look at how you can show her value, how to value a woman. Women need to feel valued, so how do you do it? Well, the first thing is this. Need one, you need to reassure her. Remind her that you love her. Let me give you a couple of ways to do that. Example, during a conflict, in the heat of the moment, when you're having this argument, reassure her that you love her. During, Right during the disagreement, right at smack dab in the middle of it, affirm your love is real and lasting. In surveys, 95% of women said this, that if my man would just say, I'm angry right now and I need some space, but I want you to know that we're okay. Saying that would diminish or even eliminate the emotional turmoil that's going on inside of her. Chances are in conflict, the woman is feeling unloved and needs you to look her in the eye and tell her that you love her and you're not going to go anywhere. Let me give you another example. When she's upset, she doesn't need space. What she needs is a hug. This is, this is an eye-opener because when we're upset, what do we want, guys? Give us some space. Give us some time to cool down. But that's not what women need. They don't need space. They need, they need a hug. They need you to connect with them relationally. Uh, they want to uh, just absolutely hook up with you in this way. Listen to this, how one woman writes it like this. All I want for him to know is half the time, I'm just as confused as he is. Instead of getting upset and leaving me alone to calm down, I want him to come close and to give me a hug and let me know that he loves me and that he wants me to feel better again. That's one way to pursue her. The first way to, to, to do that is to reassure her. The second way is to pursue her. You're able to show value by pursuing her.
Just to clarify, I'm not talking about stalking. <laughs> However, stalking did work for me. Let me give you an example. I'll never forget Kim and I, when I was wanting to date her, we were going to Austin P at the time, and she would go home during the weekend to her parents' house in Murfreesboro. And I'll never forget one weekend, I just had all the stars in my eyes. I just could not wait to see her. So I actually parked my Geo Metro at the Jiffy Burger and waited four hours one Sunday evening, hoping that she would come home soon. I waited, I waited, and waited. Just, just wanting to see her car was enough for me. And would you believe that she came home a different way, and I didn't get to see her, and all that time I was just waiting. I was nuts. So I'm not talking about stalking. Um, I just wanted to catch a glimpse of her. Look at this picture up on the screen. I mean, this is a picture of Kim and I dating. Isn't that some scary smut? I'm going to be honest with you. Kim looks great. I look like a geek. Um, we're getting ready to go to the Devil Wards, and we got our tux and formal wear on. But as you see my mustache, I didn't have really a full mustache. So I got mascara, and I darkened my little peach hair fuzz on the top of my lip. And uh, I just, I'm a, again, I, I, I'm a geek. So pursuing her, though, you got to pursue her. Pursue her is even better than just the words, the reassuring words. Why? Because actions always speak louder than words. Pursuit is action. It's not just talk. It's what you did when you first saw her and you wanted to make her yours. Pursuing her really prevents a lot of insecurity. It's what she deeply desires and needs in marriage. It's common for us guys to think this. And tell me, tell me if you're clicking with me, guys. It's common for us to think this, that pursuing goes with dating, but pursuing really doesn't go with marriage. But women don't see it that way. There's never that magic moment of closure when they feel permanently, deeply, fully loved. That is why they need and they are deserved to be pursued every single day. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, says this. He writes this in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 31.10 Who can find a virtuous wife and a capable wife? She is worth far more than precious rubies. Solomon says it like this. Who can find a wife like this? He's saying, saying this. Pursue her. She is valuable. She is of great worth. She is worth far more than rubies, diamonds, gems, jewels, gold, and silver. Your wife, my wife, needs to be pursued to be sought after. We need to ask ourselves, what did we do when we wanted to date her? How did we pursue her? What made her think that we were incredible? Because Lord knows it wasn't our looks. Look at this next picture behind me. I mean, <laughs> that is scary. That's me in my band uniform. Um, I was a band geek and went to Clarksville High, graduated in 89. Here's another picture. This is a, this is a me as a Sunday school teacher in Austin P. And I didn't even know what mullets were till a couple of months ago. But look at my hair. That's... um. I'm still getting counseling to go through stuff like that. I mean, but it wasn't my looks that that drew Kim to me. That drew Kim to me. It was my pursuing her. Let me give you one of the most popular stories my wife likes telling. Um, one of the things that she did that meant the most of her for me pursuing her was this. One day, I borrowed the keys to her car while she was in choir at Austin P. And I went and I made a copy of her keys. And you're thinking, I mean, I'm a little crazy. Uh, and I am a little crazy, and I'm not a stalker, so don't be worried or anything like that. But I did make a, a copy of her keys. 
And the reason why is so that I could break into her car. That doesn't sound good. I don't break in. But I would break into her car, and I would make these love tapes. I mean, these tapes of, of love songs. And I would pop them in her tape player. And when she turned on the car, not knowing that I had been in there, she would listen to Harry Connick, you know, or she would listen to Barry White or whatever it is. I would put roses on the front seat. Um, I pursued her. Now, here's a question. If she enjoyed that 14 years ago, do you think she would still enjoy that now? The answer is yes. What was it that we did when we were dating that made us so irresistible, guys? You hung out together. You flirted with her. You went out on dates. You shared dreams. Do it again. Continue to pursue her. She needs you to value her. Share she needs you to pursue her like you did to feel sexually desired by your wife. The next thing a woman needs, and this is the last thing, is this. She needs conversation. Picture this. A guy comes home from work, and his wife says, How was your day, honey? Uh, fine. He says, Well, what did you do today? Ah, uh, the usual. What's the usual, she says. I had meetings. She asked, with who? Customers. Where did you meet them? Over lunch. Where did you eat? Oh, Charlie's. What did you eat? And finally, this poor guy gets bent out of shape and says, I ate food, woman, food. <laughs> what does it matter? Why are you giving me the third degree? That conversation happens over and over again in our relationships. The guys are wondering why in the world she is wanting to know all of these details that really don't matter. But to the ladies, meaning is found in the details. Listen to this quote. This is so helpful for me. Men and women communicate for different reasons. For men, communication is a report telling someone they need to know when they need to know it in order for them to take action. But for women, it's different. She doesn't want a report. She wants rapport. R-A-P-P-O-R-T. Those words sound a lot alike, but they're actually very different. Rapport is all about a person's personal connection where you feel like you understand them. And what's it like to be in the other person's shoes? Proverbs 15.23 says this, Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. So when she asks you all of these questions, guys, she's not trying to be difficult. She's wanting to connect to you. And you need to say the right things at the right time. It's about the details. Now, guys, you may say, well, buddy, I'm not wired that way. I can't do that. But the fact is... We all know how to do that, especially if you're into sales. How many of y'all, raise your hands if you're in sales. Okay, there's some of us, yeah. I'm sure you never walk into a customer and throw the contact, contract at him and say, hey, here, sign it, buddy. No. You walk in and you build a rapport with the customer. You talk about the weather. You would talk about his kid if he has pictures of his kids. You would talk about all the stuff, all that stuff with him because people tend to want to buy from people that they feel like they know. They feel like they have some connection with. So guys, you can do it. And that's what this woman in our life wants to do. She wants to connect with you. To have conversation. But conversation is a two-way street. Conversation, yes, is about talking 
But it's also the other flip side of the coin. It's about what? <laughs> That's right. It's about listening. When she is talking to you, she doesn't want you to fix it. She wants you to listen. Guys, they don't need our solutions. What they want from us is to understand how they're feeling about the problem. She wants you to focus on her feelings, not the problem. Most men filter out all of the emotions and listen for the facts. When we face a problem ourselves, what do we do? We compartmentalize. We put our emotions over here in this box, and we focus on the facts in this box, and we become task-oriented, and we solve the problem. We're busy filtering out our wife's feelings because we think they get in the way of solving the problem, but instead, we need to filter out the problem and focus on her feelings. We, got, we can't present a solution. We cannot try to fix the problem. We focus on her feelings, not on the problem. And that's what she wants from us. So let's go back and look at Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Guys, when you love your wife, you are really loving Christ. Because your love is not based upon what she does for you or doesn't do for you. Your love for her is based upon what Christ has done for you. you love, your love for her flows out of your relationship with Christ, just like Christ loved the church. By the way, who do you think crucified Christ? That's right. It was the church. You see, we are, to, we are not to react to our wives, but we are to initiate. We are to respond. We are to, we are to be the catalyst for change. We are not to do this if she does this. No, we are to do this because Christ has done this once and for all in our life. Because he died for us. And I promise you this. When you choose to pursue her, when you choose to value her, when you choose to reassure her and to start this conversation with her, even if your feelings have grown cold for her, I give you my word that actions always precede feelings. See, some of us think of it this way. I don't feel like I love her so that I'm, I need to get a divorce. I need to do this or that. And that's not the key. Divorce is never the option that God wants us to use. What he wants us to do is to start doing the things that we did when we were attracted to your mate or your spouse. And we should start doing that because if we do that stuff, whatever it's breaking into the cars or stalking or whatever it is, whatever you did, guys, to prove your love to your woman, if you start doing that again, your feelings will follow. It always does. Actions precede feelings. So let's get to our homework. Guys, I want you to do this this week. I want you to pursue your wife. Whether that be taking her out on a date, burning a CD of love, or doing a thousand small things for her, pursue your wife like you did when she was your wife. Get her flowers. Take her out on a date. Write her a love note. Make her, um, make her feel like she's the most important person in your world. And ladies, what's your homework? I want you to respond to your husbands like you did before you were married and had 18 kids. 
I want you to respond to him. And guys, I want you to be the catalyst for change. You know, all of this that we've been talking about, all of these relational things really all start with Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you now that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the best thing that you can do for your marriage is not to go buy a marriage book. It's not to go um, uh, do this or go out even on a vacation. The best thing that you can do to improve your marriage is to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus' soul longs to have a relationship with you. He does. And my prayer is this that you would realize that He is pursuing you. He longs to have a relationship for you. But our sin gets in the way and it breaks that relationship up. But when we come to God and we say, God, I'm a sinner. I've screwed up. I've messed up. I am, uh, I am just a person that has turned and chosen my own way. But now, Lord, I come to you and I give you my heart, my life, my desires, my passions. I give you my marriage, Lord, and I want you to save me. The truth is, He will. And not only will He save you, He'll save your marriage. Let's pray.